Welcome to the Farm Bits podcast. Farm Bits is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The Farm Bits podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBeats followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBeat podcast. I'm Natasha. And I'm Taylor Cross, and we're glad to have you with us as we begin diving into the topic of imagery service in use in agriculture systems. This week, we are joined by Misty Tucker, Planet's Agriculture Principal Investigator. Misty works closely with growers, agronomists, and farmers using satellite data to enhance the functionality of their operations. With great knowledge and experience in this area, we hope you learned something new and what Planet has to offer with their satellite imaging service. With that, let's jump into this episode with Misty. My name is Misty Tucker. I'm the Global Industry Principal for Planet Labs. And um, I originally uh, started work in the industry when I was a teenager. I started working for one of our local growers. I learned gravity irrigation, how to operate equipment, how to repair equipment. I learned all about um, herbicide resistance and how to handle herbicide resistant weeds. And it was my my first taste into what agriculture was really like. And it was really nice to be able to view things from the grower's perspective. As I approached my career and I went to college, um, my first professional um, gig within the industry was uh, um, as a research agronomist within a marker-assisted disease resistance breeding program. When I, I first started doing this, I was running two worldwide programs, and when I left, I was running nine. So there was a lot of acceleration within the, the plant breeding sector that I was able to see while I was a part of it. Um, I ended up having a child, and it was no longer acceptable to be traveling as much as I was as a research agronomist. And so this is when I made the jump to retail agriculture. And so I worked in retail agriculture for a couple of years, and this is where I discovered that I had a distinct love for um, precision agronomy, because I really think that this is the future. I think that the scientist in me really looked at how we were doing things as sales agronomists and thought to myself, you know, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a more efficient way. There has to be uh, something better we can offer our growers. And so this is what drove me to start looking at precision agronomy. And this is how I eventually ended up making the leap um, both to Tyrannus and to Planet Labs. You have a really nice background. Really interesting. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about the planet uh, for the uh, our listeners and even to tell us where planet, the other countries that planet is? Because we have listeners from many countries, different countries. So it would be interesting to know about that. Sure. So we have um, two main offices. We have one in San Francisco and one in Berlin. We do have global reach. So we have um, personnel in the APAC region, in the LATAM region. So we are absolutely a global company. So Planet is an aerospace company. And um, it originally was started with the goal to image the entire Earth every day, which was a lofty goal when Planet was initially started. And so it was a bunch of NASA scientists in a garage, and they thought to themselves, well, we can get a telephone 
to be really tiny, to take little tiny pictures, and we can make it this small. How small can we make a satellite? And so this is where the idea for Planet Labs was born. And so right now we have over 200 satellites that are orbiting the Earth and imaging the Earth every day. We have two different constellations. We have our Planet Scope constellation, which is in a sun-synchronous orbit. It's passive collection, so it is always constantly collecting data. This is the most popular constellation for agriculture because it has the highest temporal cadence. So every day and a half or so, um, as long as clouds and weather cooperate, you're getting a new image of your field. And in this way, it's really nice to create time series of field performance or monitor for disease, because especially with disease, things develop so quickly, you need to have this really fast revisit response time. The second constellation that Planet Labs has is our SkySat constellation, with which is um, high resolution. And this is more important for things like defense and intelligence and for monitoring deforestation activities. Thanks for sharing that, uh, Misty. So we personally are interested in planets involvement in agriculture, but for our listeners who might not be um, as involved in agriculture, what other industries um, do Planet provide imagery for? Sure. I mean, one of the most well-known is our partnership with Norway's Ministry of Climate and Environment. This is, uh, we refer to as NICFI. This provides access to our high-resolution satellite monitoring of the world's tropical forests to scientists and governments in tropical regions who are looking to identify and stop deforestation and provide more sustainable pathways to economic development. Um, we do a lot for defense and intelligence um, to reveal illicit supply chain networks, to um, monitor developing situations all around the world. We also work with um, climate. We provide um, data to an organization known as Climate Trace to track um, human-caused greenhouse gas emissions in real time and to evaluate asset-level data for power plants and other industries. It was really nice to see that we can see Planet has a variety of products and it's not just agriculture. So this is really nice. And well, you already mentioned some products that you have at Planet, but in your opinion, uh, what are the, the newest releases and maybe the most uh, innovative? Sure. So um, Planet recently acquired a company called Vandersat. And Vandersat is a company that is kind of complementary to Planet Labs. So we collect um, RGB and 8-band data um, passively using our own custom satellites. And um, Vandersat collects passive microwave data in order to create their assets. And so their assets are a, uh, a soil moisture content up to five centimeters in the topsoil, as well as a biomass proxy, and then um, a global land surface temperature. And we see a lot of promise with these products. They're go overgoing, uh, they're undergoing a lot of integration into planet systems. And so this, these are assets that we are super excited to be able to offer in the future, um, much more readily accessible. Right now we're still integrating these into our APIs and making them um, very easy to access and easy to use for our, our end users and our clients. And so these are some of the most, um, the newest products we've added to our portfolio. As far as innovation and talking about the art of the possible, one of the things that we've recently announced is that we're looking at the hyperspectral realm of things. And we're starting to look at what types of agricultural use cases um, 
we could offer solutions to using hyperspectral data. And so as far as the art of the possible, hyperspectral is absolutely what we're looking at as far as the next generation of technology. Yeah, that's super cool and interesting. I personally um, don't deal with hyperspectral in my research project, but I am using multispectral imagery um, and the benefit to farmers and being able to make decisions with that imagery. Uh, I've seen being it's really important to farmers. So real quickly before we really dive into um, how Planet is, you know, providing these images to farmers and helping agriculture and make decisions. Uh, can you speak a little bit on uh, maybe the spatial and spectral resolution that Planet offers um, in some of those products uh, compared to maybe like open source imagery solutions? So um, Planet Scope's two constellations are Planet Scope constellation in sun synchronous orbit that is passively collecting data is at three to five meter resolution. Our temporal cadence is near daily. So we say about every day and a half, we're having a pass. Um, this of course is how often the satellites are passing. This is, I, I have to iterate that this is not how often imagery is published because as you know, the world's weather patterns do what they do. And so we cannot publish everything if we cannot get ground lock or it fails other different types of quality parameters. So um, this is one of our constellations and our primary one used for agriculture. Our secondary constellation is our SkySat constellation. And this is um, resampled at 50 centimeter resolution. And this is our tasking satellite. And so the client tells us where to look and when to image. And this is how the data is collected with this particular satellite. As far as how the data is um, accessed, we have a couple of different ways you can access the data from both of these constellations. We have our tasking dashboard for our SkySat constellation. And this is a really nice user interface where you can tell the satellite when you wanna capture, where you want to capture, and you can do this either with points or polygons, and you can monitor the status of your captures. You can see how many times an attempt has been made, um, what degree of cloudiness you're experiencing, so that way you can monitor the progression of your collection. Um, with PlanetScope, you can access it uh, one of several different ways. Uh, we have several different APIs that you can utilize. We have an orders API and a subscriptions API, as well as a data API. So the data API is really great for um, querying something like, can you tell me how cloudy it was over these five fields in the Delta region over this growing season. So that way you can figure out how many useful captures you can get over a region without having to download any data. And then with the orders API, this is where you can create a bulk singular order of everything that you want. You say, I want all the usable imagery over this field from July 1st to October 1st in 2021, and it delivers it to you. Um, the third one we have is the, the subscriptions API, and this is an API that um, is absolutely the most popular with agriculture because it is continual delivery. So every time there's a new capture over a field or over an area of interest, it is automatically delivered to your bucket. Um, outside of the APIs, we do have a user interface called Planet Explorer where you can go through and filter out your data, you can download your data, you can also host this data and look at a bunch of different indices. But um, I find that within agriculture, a lot of 
individuals, if they're willing to go through and, and select their own imagery, they really want to look under the hood and they want to be able to um, create their own indices, look at this in GIS software, such as ArcGIS. And so there's uh, the user interface that allows you to download and put it into GIS software as well. Um, so after the the farmers have the uh, the images, how what type of data they can have, and how this can help them, you know, to manage their crops. So with planet data, um, I like to say that planet data is just one piece of the puzzle. So it is one really exceptional data source, and there's a lot of different insights that you can glean from it, but. As with all data, the quality of your data and the quality of your, your decision making only gets better with the more data points that you pull in. So, for example, if I am trying to create a variable rate seeding map for a field and I pull in the historical three-year performance data over this field um, using planet data, I can delineate where my high performance areas and low performance areas are. And if I layer this with a soil type map, or if I have soil sampling data, I can layer this with my soil sampling data. So that way I can um, better delineate where my highest performing areas in the field are versus my lowest performing areas. And then I can plug this into a prescription writer and create a variable rate prescription. So that way I can capitalize on um, my plant population for my high and low performing areas. Yeah, that is really neat how um, just that piece of the puzzle um, can help farmers uh, kind of fill in those gaps. Uh, can you speak maybe on the importance or value that satellite imagery has? Um, kind of you already just said it, but um, versus if they weren't to have that layer of data, um, how how impactful is that to them? Um, so I see two main, two main ways that satellite data is really impactful. Um, the first is that oftentimes when you are looking at a brand new field, if you're looking at leasing a new field, if you're looking at um, site selection for seed production, oftentimes you don't have the necessary historical data to make a good decision on whether this is a really good site or not. And so satellite provides um, a deep wealth of knowledge um, into the background. So that way you can look back in time and determine, is this a good site? Is it a bad site? Is it a good investment? Is it a bad investment? Um, alternatively, let's say you are part of a plant breeding program and you have seed productions all over the world, or you have testing sites all over the world. Um, satellite data provides a data source that takes away the human error. So it is, it, it is the same data source across the entire globe. So it's, it's, unsubjective. Um, the other way that I see that satellite data can be really impactful is when it comes to things like directed scouting. If you send a scout out to the field, if I'm the agronomist and I'm working with an intern and I send them out to the field, um, there are a couple of things that could happen. One, they could get trapped in this walk the same route through the field over and over again every time they're out there. And in this way, you risk that you're going to miss something. Um, or even if they do take different routes through the field, they could be missing areas of significant stress anyway, because you're only covering maybe 10% of the field when you go out to scout. So with remote sensing data, with satellite data, you can use different indices in order to provide yourself a map. So it's an, in essence, you're, you're going looking for treasure with a map when you're using satellite data, because it's going to tell you the areas where the highest likelihood of plant stress would be.
Yeah, that's really good and um, definitely beneficial, not just to farmers, but other other people in, in industry that are, you know, helping farmers make decisions. So that's really cool. Yeah, and even for us as students, because when we are in the field, uh, as you said, it's difficult to see a whole uh, field. And with the imagery, we can have more occurrence data and even, you know, it's um, easier to to analyze some, some data as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting to talk about the um, the storability of when we use um, satellite imagining, um, can you tell us uh, a little bit about the importance that uh, when we have a large archive that Planet can offer for the customers and what is that archive? So Planet's archive stretches back to 2017 with all of our different instruments. So we've had a couple of different generations of what we call Dove satellites. So we have our Dove Classic, we have our Dove R, and then we have our Super Dove, which is currently what's orbiting right now. So um, our Dove Classic and our Dove R satellites only had four spectral bands. We had um, red, green, blue, and near, whereas our newest satellites that are currently orbiting our Super Doves they have eight bands of data. So they are um, more closely aligned to Sentinel-2 data. So therefore we are harmonized with Sentinel-2. It's um, It provides a complementary data set to Sentinel-2. So um, every data set out there, Landsat, Sentinel, PlanetScope, they're all good data sets by themselves, but they're only made better by complementing each other. And so this is one of the, the nice complements with the SuperDove, especially with within archive, is um, being able to compare Sentinel data, planet scope data over the course of time to determine um, possible potential performance within a field and not just within a field, because if we're talking about a field as a micro environment, we are talking about how this field performs per crop. You can start looking at things this way. You can look back in time and say, okay, every time this field was in corn, it outperformed every time this field was in soybean. And so then you can start to make the determination, determining factors about your crop rotation. I mean, what is going to provide the best bang for your buck with your crop rotation? And so this is where archive really comes into play. Yeah, that's neat that they're able to um, access imagery all the way from 2017 mm-hmm. um, and it's 2022 now. It's just really, really crazy to think about that we have that much um, imagery over earth so um are there any companies specifically partnering with planet or maybe utilizing planet that you could speak on to maybe help aid the interpretation of the imagery for farmers oh absolutely so um planet provides a data stream but we don't provide last mile solutions and so we do have a partner network that we work with Um, a couple of those partners um, such as tyrannus or farm qa Um, They do an exceptional job at taking the pain of using GIS data out uh, for farmers. So they take the pain away from using GIS data. So they turn something that is um, just a bunch of numbers, in essence, for band wavelengths, and they turn this into something that's actionable. So for Tyrannus, they have the capacity for you to look at all of your fields all together with planet imagery and prioritize where the stress is. So that way you can more strategically do targeted scouting. They also have some complementary technologies with drone data 
where you can look at submillimeter leaf level insights into your field using drones. And so there's some really interesting commentary technologies and platforms that make it very easy to use our data. Uh, this is nice that you can work together with some uh, partnering. Um, we, we have talked about, you know, the beneficial for farmers to use imaging, satellite imaging, but can you give your opinion about which challenge the farmers can have using these type of tools as well? So one of the big challenges that I see within the industry right now is that most, if growers or agronomists are familiar with remote sensing data at all, the only thing they're really familiar with is NDVI. And NDVI is an index that is, is widely used for everything, but it has a lot of limitations to it. And I don't think that there's enough education um, provided for agronomists who are using remote sensing to understand what those limitations are and how to overcome them. There are lots of different indices out there that can do a really good job at trying to assess the specific things that you're looking for, but you have to understand A, what you're looking for and B, what indices are going to be best suited for what you're looking for. And this is one of the areas that Planet really comes into play is that we have a lot of remote sensing expertise on staff, and we actually have an entire group of individuals um, known as professional services that can step in, they can provide these educational workshops, they can guide a platform provider to the right type of offerings with the right types of ex explanations in order to empower agronomists to really capitalize on remote sensing data in a way that they haven't yet. Sometimes we know that farmers have a hard time adapting to new technologies and struggle to um, maybe include those in their operation. So how is that team maybe um, influencing agronomists to um, help farmers and try to um, mitigate that transition into technology? And so our professional services team really tries to look at things from the user's perspective and tries to make things as streamlined as possible. We try to make things um, as easy to understand as possible. So working with a platform provider to create features or to implement features that make the most sense and will assist the agronomist or the grower in making the best decisions and also in providing the right types of explanations. So that way an agronomist can click a button saying like, what is M-Savvy? and having an explanation for what this index is, what it does, what it's best suited for before they go in and they try to use it for accomplishing some type of task or making some type of decision. Um, so the next question is related to sustainable agriculture because this is a topic that you know uh, we have been talking about this. So can you tell us how this satellite imagery can increase those try those type of practices? So um, a couple of the ways that satellite imagery is being used right now to help um, increase sustainable practices um, has to do uh, right now with um, grazing within pasture paddocks for organic production. So whether this is organic beef production or organic dairy production, uh, we work very closely with Organic Valley. Uh, they have taken steps to use NDRE to provide pasture level reports with pixel level detail that allow their 
um, farmers to identify um, overgrazing, undergrazing, and to more effectively manage their paddocks. Um, we're also looking at using remote sensing data to verify different types of sustainable practices, such as um, no-till or minimum-till operations, as well as cover cropping. Yeah, that is really, really important. And sustainability is such an important topic lately. And that's really interesting to hear that not only are you in row cropping systems, but also um, kind of the livestock area too. That's really, I find that very, very neat. Um, so what are um, what are you most excited for to see in the future of satellite imagery and um, the impact in agriculture? So one of the things I'm most excited about, which I really hope to see in my lifetime, is this concept that that I really believe in that agronomists, um, we as agronomists have to level up and do a better job for our growers. So we need to have the best understanding of precision ag that we possibly can. So that way we can offer more to our growers, much to one of the points that you were pointing out earlier that, you know, growers, they're a bit slow to adopt technology. They don't know oftentimes how to use it best. They don't necessarily trust it. And are their trusted advisors, their agronomists, they're the ones that are really charged with leading the growers into this and ensuring that their operations are taken care of and protected while they're implementing new practices. And so I'm hoping that with remote sensing and with with planet, um, in essence, pushing education forward and enabling these platforms to really get to the heart of what growers need, what they want, what agronomists need in order to level up and, and, and enabling them with both tools and education that we can begin to exist in a realm where agronomists are truly helping their growers come into the precision ag setting and enable them to create all sorts of efficiencies that uh, I see the potential for so much efficiency within our food production systems. And I really think that agronomists are going to be the ones kind of leading the charge and leading the growers into this. Yeah, this is nice. Yeah, uh, so it was really interesting and nice to listen and, and learn more about Planet and you know to to understand how the the company can help farmers and other industries as well so uh, misty can you if there are listeners wanna know more about planet or do any question relates to the service and the the product uh, that is another um uh place or platform or email that our listeners can find more information Sure. So if anybody is interested, they're welcome to reach out to me. Um, my email is mtuckeratplanet.com. You can also access much more generalized information at www.planet.com. Uh, we have an entire agriculture section that you can go through with a lot of um, learning assets that can help you um, on your way to understanding remote sensing and what role that plays in agriculture. So is there anything that we didn't mention um, before we wrap it up with our last question of the podcast that you maybe want to um, tell our listeners? Um, well, one of the things that Planet really is dedicated to is um, being a sustainably minded company. And I wanted to make sure to point this out that, yes, we talked about a couple of the things that Planet is doing as far as our data goes for sustainability, but but we are really, truly dedicated to 
um, serving not only our growers and our suppliers, but um, those who are, who are monitoring the supply chain and who are supporting our growers to be um, empowered with information about sustainability and being sustainably minded. So a tradition here on the Farm Bits podcast is um, just asking for a little bit of advice or tips for our listeners who maybe want to pursue a degree in this satellite um, area or remote sensing. Um, so do you have any advice or tips on where, where maybe they should start in um, creating that career for themselves? Okay, so when it comes to remote sensing in agriculture, um, having a GIS background is very helpful. So when I first came to Planet, I knew enough about GIS software to be kind of dangerous um, since I'd spent most of my time actually in the field and um, performing plant breeding. I did not have a lot of GIS skills. And so this is something that I had to, in essence, teach myself and learn from my colleagues, which I have some in, uh, some exceptionally intelligent colleagues who have been very patient with me learning um, how to query APIs and how to um, utilize GIS software. So um, I would highly recommend um, gaining a background in both agronomy, GIS software, and then um, remote sensing in and of itself is, is really key to understanding the limitations of remote sensing and the different indices that you're going to be working with. Thank you very much, Missy, for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Bits podcast. It's really exciting to see um, how Planet is providing uh, imagery with all their constellations and satellites to farmers, not only just in agriculture, but um, in other industries too. And um, I think one of my favorite parts of this episode was just listening to how Planet is working with agronomists to help l teach them how to make decisions with that imagery so that it's more um, profitable to the farmer themselves. Yeah, I also I think this was my best part because uh, it's interesting to see how Planet can help farmers to get a better knowledge about their field. So I agree with you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Bits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback. So if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.